Hi, you guys. Welcome to TrailerCast. I am Elise Snipes, your host, and I am freshly back from leading a retreat in Joshua Tree, California. So I'm kind of coming in with all of that, with some reflections, with some observations, um, with some like really deep-seated gratitude. So if you're joining me for the first time or you are new to this podcast, um, there are times throughout the year where I host private, personal space for people to come and rest, come and um, see something new about themselves, learn to see things from a different perspective. You know, when we spend so much time in the main character role of our story that we can't always see it all because we're, we're character confined, we're role confined. And on and or during these retreats, we take time learning to navigate the narrator role, navigate the role of the person who is able to be the witness. And as a result, can often offer the wisdom, advice, or perspective that we need in order to see our story as a whole. So I'm, I'm back from being in the desert with 10 really powerful, uh, really courageous women. So my heart is full. <laughs> and if you listen to the last episode of this podcast, I had announced that it was going to be my final retreat for a while. I think I said final retreat period. And, and as I was out there, you know, I think that that's still, it still rings for me, the sense of allowing retreats to rest and breathe. And um, so I'm going to just kind of wrap on what it was like and invite you as well into some reflection and questions of your own. And then we'll see what retreats become in the future. So in the, in the interim, I do want to continue a living list of people who have interest in that type of work. So I am still open to, if there is a group of people that are interested in doing this type of personal work, um, we can do that. We can do that whenever and wherever and we'll make it happen. And then I'm going to allow myself some time and some space to consider what the next form or iteration of that type of work will become on my end. So just email me. All right, here's what's up. Um, on the retreat, you know, we there's 10 women plus myself and we get together and we're just kind of getting ready to share and or consider, open up, you know. And as, as you know, like a whole bunch of things go into that, right? So a whole bunch of feelings and experiences and old echoes come when we're about to share something or say something out loud for the first time. And what, and this is the part where you come in. My question to you is what has been left unspoken that needs to be honored? Okay, so what has been unspoken in your life that needs to be honored? Maybe just needs to be heard, needs to be known, needs to be appreciated just for the fact that it happened like known about you. Okay. And I'm, I really do. I, I, in whether or not you need to push pause and just take some time to get your answer. Um, the reason that I'm bringing that up is because we carry so many of these unspoken things 
And I'm going to name a few if you're still looking for yours. And maybe you knew it right away. But maybe there's the unspoken heaviness of motherhood. I resonate with that one. I just had to take a big gulp. The unspoken heaviness of motherhood. And not like the like, wah, wah, you know, where it's like, man, this is hard. Like, not that. It's like, just like the true heaviness of like trying to raise human beings and attend to their needs in a way where I'm not, I'm not, we're not, you know, just fucking it all up and or repeating things. And it can feel heavy. Um, being in the silos, you know, can feel like, uh, the, the meals and the whatever. There's just things. The meals clearly are a thing for me. Um, so the unspokenness of of motherhood, the unspoken heaviness, maybe the unspoken nature of what's going on in your marriage, how you thought it was going to be, how it is going, what you're hoping it's going to be like still. You know, that comes up a lot when we get into the work is the relationships that are closest to us that we thought maybe we would be closer. We thought it would be look a little different. We thought there'd be that intimacy would look like this. Uh, Conversations would go like this. We'd feel supported like this. We'd be loved like this. So whatever's going on in a primary partnership or relationship for you, what's been unspoken in that and, and as we call these things to mind, we're just allowing them to emerge. We don't have to really do anything about that yet just notice what what rings in you Uh, maybe the unspoken expectation or hopes you had for your career what you thought your job would look like how you thought you'd be doing financially maybe the debt you're carrying maybe the dreams you had for yourself Maybe the unspoken things around your body. Maybe that ties back into motherhood, how you thought you'd look after having kids, how you thought you'd look hitting your 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, just the stuff, you know, the stuff that comes up around looking in the mirror. What's been unspoken that we want to just honor today? That life's hard? Maybe we want to honor the unspoken uh, struggle or survival around mental health, that it is hard to just be functioning some days, that anxiety is real, that depression is real, that these experiences can really color a lot of our pages. And so if you're struggling with that or that has been a topic in your mind, honoring the unspoken reality that takes place within you so what else what else has been unspoken what's been left unsaid unfelt unmourned and what's been left unappreciated uncelebrated unrecognized as well Was there something magnificent that has happened that also has been left unknown? Maybe you did something. Maybe you stopped drinking. Maybe you um, 
started eating in a way that you feel really good about. Maybe you got a promotion. Maybe you um, got through something. Maybe you finally gave birth. Maybe you had an orgasm. I don't know. Maybe something happened and you were like, that, I, that, that has been left unsaid and I want to honor and acknowledge that. And so the invitation today is just to reflect on the things that have, that are longing to be known, longing to be seen in you, longing to be recognized, or at least had the space to emerge, even if we say nothing at all, but we know that they're there and we hold them in that middle space of awareness and say, yes, that has happened. Yes, that is true. Yes, that is real. Yes, that is going on. You know, so otherwise these things, they feel invisible and then they can almost become non-real things we don't know how to um, say out loud. And so we just don't, or we feel a certain way about it. And so again, we just stop. And so this is really your invitation, wherever you are listening today, um, to say something out loud, even, even if you are the only one that hears it. And maybe you take it a step further. Maybe you call a friend and say, you know what, there are some things that have been um, unspoken and I, I just need someone to hear me today. Maybe that's with your partner. Maybe that's with a family member. Maybe that's with your therapist. What do you need to have heard? What do you need to have recognized? What would you like someone to know about you? How do you want someone to care for you in that? You know, these are, this, these are a lot of themes that came up during our retreat. It's just the this, this stuff, the invisible load that we carry um, that at first glance you know, really is unseen. It's unseen. But it affects so much of the way we navigate our story in the world, our self-perception, our perception of how we're doing in this world. It colors in, again, so many of those pages. And so, and so this is our first peek. You know, we want to we peek behind, look within, acknowledge that there are things that have been heavy. It, it just validates that it's like, yeah, that's been hard. That's been, ugh, ugh. You know, and to do that, it doesn't, it doesn't solve the thing. That's not the point. But we honor what has been unknown, unspoken, unseen. We say that's happening. That has happened. There's something that, um, and you'll try it. And I, here's what kind of what happens. It solidifies the sense of self-respect. When we come into truth, when we come into that congruent alignment with what is happening within me is known outside of me as well, there's a, there's a sense of, uh, like, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what's going on. There's something that feels inherently powerful about telling the truth, even if it's just to ourselves. So what's true? What do you need to know in freedom? What do you need to know in power? Remember, you don't have to do anything with it. We're just going to start with acknowledging what has been stuck. What's been dormant? What is vying for air, fresh air? So that you can exhale. So that you can be lighter. So that you can breathe. So you can look yourself in the eye. So you can decide if there's something you actually want to do about this. You are worthy of being heard. You're worthy of living in a real clear truth. 
You're worthy of being able to trust yourself, to trust your thinking, to trust your feeling, to trust your doing. Those are your rights as a human being. You have a right to yourself, a right to trusting your experience, a right to being your, the authority of your experience. And so I just want you to take that in. That is your basic human right. Okay. And so whatever is coming up for you today, I just want to encourage you to take a moment, whether you need to say something out loud, whether you write it down and even throw it away, whatever you need to do to take those steps towards allowing yourself to speak what has been left unsaid to yourself, to a partner, to spirit, to the ocean, to however you feel most supported. Allow yourself to step into that form of clarity. Allow yourself to step into that form of congruency and power and sense of relief and sturdiness and that solid feeling that comes from acknowledging the truth, your truth. There's power in this type of work because when we build up that internal safety, that internal trust, that internal strength, then we start to actually make choices from there, build relationships from there, set boundaries from there. We get perspective and wisdom when we're really in that center space of ourselves, that sturdy space of trustworthiness. We have a different, we sit in a different seat. We're, we're up above it rather than stuck in the story. We're in the space of awareness where I see that. I know that. I agree with that. No, that's a no for me. Yes, I want that. We understand the experience of, of alignment so that we're really clear when we get to say yes to something and really clear when we get to say no to something. That is a type of emotional freedom or congruency that like, I want us to have an experience of so we're not wondering if it's actually real or you know what it is. Okay? So... My reflections post-retreat are, it shouldn't be a gift for us to get to know who we are and get to sit in that seat. It should, it's our right. <laughs> it's our right to know ourselves. It's our right to, to our own personal clarity. And it is a right to our voice, a right to speak up, a right to live authentically, a right to take right action. None of these things are our um, specialty offers, you know, or are um, like a, or like really nice. They're your right as a human. They're yours. They're mine. And so when we acknowledge the unspoken thing, we start to clear out space within us. That's the other thing, you know, because all those things take up room. They take up room in our thinking, you know. Or they take up room in our avoidance. Think about how many things you actively try not to think about or not to feel about or not to focus on, right? That's all space. And then how many of the things we're actually like obsessing on or worrying about or anxious about, you know, all of those things take up space. So think about all the mental room, emotional room, spiritual room you would have if those things felt less, felt lighter, felt roomier. What else might you do? What else might you create? What else might you think about? 
So personal story. Almost a year ago now, I realized that the majority of my thinking, like a large part of the time in my day, was I was really consumed with just being okay. Like a lot of thoughts on trying to just calm down, a lot of thoughts on trying not to feel so bad. I was really stuck in some pretty heavy feelings of depression and anxiety. And I actually did not realize how, uh, this is my favorite part, you know, as a therapist, I'm like, this is, I mean, it's funny now, it was really not funny then. But you know, like the person whose like job it is to notice these things, but when you're having it, you're like, it's still, I'm just human, you know, I'm just a person in it. And like, not joking, literally thought that maybe I had, was developing adult asthma, I was, I was in a developed asthma. That's why I was having a hard time breathing. I couldn't recognize it as anxiety. I thought it was asthma. Like I've, I was like, I need an inhaler. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, those are your, Elise, those are your feelings, babe. Those are your feelings. Those, that's called anxiety. So it's like being in it. It was very hard for me to understand it. Then if I'm in my therapist chair, I'm like sitting in the seat and I get, I'm like, oh, check, 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 check. I see all those symptoms. Check, 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 check. I can recognize it, notice it, diagnose it, treat it, right? But in it, in it, it's asthma. In it, I'm like, this is, that's clearly what's going on. Long short of it, I started a medication journey. It's funny. I did not anticipate this is where this podcast was going. So here I am like, do I want to say this? Um, Nevertheless, here we are. I started medication and there was a, there was even stigma for me, not on, it wasn't, the stigma for me isn't around what if it makes me feel better. It was like, how long is this going to take? What does this say about me? You know, those are, that was part of my process. In a parallel world, I'm also have been in the middle of writing a book, writing the story of my life, writing about growing up. When I looked back, I'm holding my entire narrative in my hands, right? Hello. I, I saw like, Elise, when has your brain had the time to actually rest? I've had a series of complex traumas, one after another, after another, after another, that has shocked my nervous system, has created some very deep set patterns that I've perseverated on, that I've committed to as a life rule. My brain has been used to a certain set of chemistry that looks like depression, that looks like anxiety. And I think seeing my seeing the, the story of my life, it, I think I actually got to see that, you know what, this isn't just a right now reality. This is something, Elise, that maybe you've been experiencing for a long time and you deserve to see what it's like with a like a little bit of rest, a little cushion. And so I decided that I was going to start that journey and give my, give my brain some space, like what, just, just some nourishment is the way I was really understanding, like looking at the medication, holding it and thinking like, this is for you, brain, this is for you, self. This is for you, little Elise. You've been holding a lot of things together for a long time. So here, here is 
a chance to not have to work so hard just to feel okay. So over the course of almost a year, I noticed, oh, and it didn't take long. How cool is that? Like my brain instantly was like, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> um, here's what I found. This was the most shocking part for me was I literally thought, wow, I almost don't know what to think about when I'm not thinking about trying to feel better. I knew but did not fully really know how hard, it, how hard I was working to just be at baseline, how, how much energy it took to just be at baseline. So that's, I think, sometimes the sneakiness of some of these diagnoses or disorders is um, technically I was fully functioning. Technically, I was doing it all. Technically, you know, I was still getting my work done and, you know, and, and motherhood and marriage and friendship, you know, I was doing things, you know, but it was exhausting and ugh, it was really hard. It shouldn't, I realize it shouldn't feel that hard to just exist just to just to be a baseline that lift of like oh my gosh <laughs> like look at that look at me not just trying to survive this is cool what a gift what a gift so here I am telling you that not as a plug for medication but just as an awareness around I didn't even know how much I needed something until I got the relief from the intervention until I felt this, a sense of, God, that feels so much better. Wow, I feel so much better. So I'm, I'm still just taking that journey day by day. Um, right now, I, every morning, I look at that little pill and I just say, thank you so much. And I welcome you into my body and my brain as a way to nourish and restore me to my original settings, to my factory blueprint, you know, to like, to the way I was built before life happened. I am of sound mind and body and I'm taking this in to restore my brain chemistry so that I can build in all of life's good and right actions around it so that it's like, yeah, okay, now I know what it feels like to be me. I know how, how much time this thing should take. I know what it feels like to feel social or not social and how much energy I need for that and blah, blah, blah. Like, so putting all this out here because it's been, it's been a long time for since I had felt um, this okay with this amount of ease. And I'm, that feels really good. So all that to say. <laughs> How, do, do, where does ease come in? What do you feel like? How much of your headspace is going towards survival. What do you need? You know, some of the other things have fallen in line for me once I took care of the biggie. It's like, oh, oh, I actually might have some energy to work out or not. <laughs> I might, I'm like actually more motivated to want to like uh, take care of myself to like, I don't know, put mascara on. And again, it's not about mascara. It's just about feeling like I could, I, just feeling better. I, I, ha I have to tell you, this is, the, this is hilarious. I had a kindergartner tell me this morning, not my kindergartner, it's the best part. She goes, I like your makeup. And I'm like, this is a girl I've known for almost two years. And she noticed that I put on makeup. And I was like, thank you very much for noticing that I am back in my life. <laughs> I really appreciate it. 
but I just, I was laughing. I'm like, it's, there, there has, there have been some things that I have not had the energy for. It's not about the mass stupid mascara. It is about, um, how I come into each day, how I put myself on, how I put myself into this world, how I come in. So, so <laughs> I'm wondering how that's being received by you. That's a vulnerable share, but it also feels like a real honest share. Um, I'm wondering, yeah, I'm not wondering. I'm actually feeling the, the, the kind of like the sensitive sweetness of what it feels like to rest in my body and brain and to share something without a tinge of a question. So I hope you listen. I hope you listen again. I hope you listen again if you need to. I really hope you listen to yourself. I hope you listen to your experience. I hope you listen to your guts. I hope you listen to your asthma. I hope you listen to your sleeplessness. I hope you listen to your strength. I hope you listen to your friends. I hope you listen to spirit, to God, to however you name that beautiful, rich, expansive sense of, of love that is always with you. Whether we feel like it or not, hear it or not, know how to recognize it or not, know what name to say or not, you are held. You are worthy of this life, of a right to yourself, of a right to it all. So may you go in thoughtfulness and observation and in the power of your own sight. Cheers. Thank you again for listening. Um, this podcast is such a sacred place of sharing and being known and knowing. And so if there are questions or things that came up for you as you listen to today's episode, please feel free as always to reach out. You can do that at Elise, E-L-Y-S-E, at elisesnipes.com. You can also check out my website, just elisesnipes.com, or you can also check out Radical Wellness. Radical Wellness Collaborative is my heart, brain, baby. It is my offering to the world. We are a group of mental health professionals. We work collaboratively online to support people everywhere. All of our appointments take place via telehealth, which means that we can work with you when you're at home. We can work with you if you're at work, in your car, wherever you are. The point of our work is to reach you where you are, to help you not waste time figuring out what you want to work on or what needs to be uncovered. We are an action-oriented group. We have somatic therapists that are here to support your physical journey and the experience of your story within your body. We have spiritual coaches or people that are here to navigate the things that maybe don't fit necessarily in the box of therapy, but are about the rest of your human experience. And then we have a ton of therapists because, listen, <laughs> if this hasn't been a crazy last few years, I don't even know. There's a lot of things that have been stirred up. And so we're here to help you navigate that space as well. If you need anything, 
If you have questions or you want to get started, I am doing all of the initial appointments right now. So I will be your first step and your welcome and introduction into radical wellness, which means that we would go through your story and I would help you get paired with somebody on the team that I think would be a good fit for you and for your work. Any questions or thoughts, needs around that, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can see everything at www.radicalwellness.co.co. Okay, have a great week, everyone. Bye.